Okay. Are y'all ready to see a miracle? Y'all ready for miracles to happen this year? Because that's what we've been in. We've been in this series called God of Miracles. And what we're talking about is how to receive God's working power in your life in this new year. I'm still celebrating 2023. We've got a lot ahead of us as a church. You remember last week's um, announcement. If you missed it, you can go back online and catch up on that. But the first week when we started this series, we talked about how to prepare for a miracle. And, and I said that you, you can set yourself up to receive God's blessings. I said you got to go to them just like any other relationship. You got to ask them for what you need. You got to assess what you have. And then you got to give them what you have. And then you got to have this expectation, right? You, you got to expect him to move and to work and to guide and provide. And then last week I talked about the main ingredient that's needed to receive a miracle. And y'all remember, y'all remember this from last week. I said, there's one thing scripture says that pleases the heart of God. What is that thing that pleases his heart? And that thing that pleases him is to have faith. In order to see him move, work, God provide, we got to have faith, right? Trust him, believe in him that he can do it. And today I want to talk through another value that's extremely important when it comes to receiving God's blessings, okay? And having faith is at the top. We talked about that last week. Having faith, to trust and believe. But then last week I also said that part of what it means to have faith is being persistent, right? Persistently going after him. Keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking, right? That shows faith. So what I want to do is I want to drill down on that this morning a little bit. The value I want to talk about today is commitment, okay? If you want to have a life that God can use we got to be committed to him. We got to put him first in our life. We got to be fully committed to the, for the long term. And you know, I was thinking about this this past week um, just because of everything recently that's been going on in the economy and all the ups and downs. And I was thinking about this as it uh, pertains to the stock market. Now, let me just preface this I don't, I don't play in the stock market a lot, um, but from what I do understand is that I do know that everybody's portfolios, 401ks, retirements have kind of taken a hit here uh, lately. And now I've just depressed everybody in the room. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. But here's what I do know. I don't know a lot about it, but I do know one thing. And here's what I do know. you got to be committed to the long term. You can't just watch the uh, daily swings, those short-term up and downs, right? That's how, that's how you grow. That's how you gain more is being committed and toughing it out. And, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, that applies to life, right? That, what, what we learn is, is, is that the longer we're committed to something, the more we grow from it, the more we benefit and we know this at every stage in life when we're young and we're students, right? We know that if we're committed to working hard and making good grades, that's how we're going to get where we need to be in life. That's how we'll do better, right? Commitment to a team. Even though I didn't make the team this year, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to go to workouts and all this kind of stuff and place myself in a position to where maybe later on, right, I, I can make the team. Commitment then later on in life when we get married, this is weighing on me a lot right now. You know, we, we, when we're talking about commitment and, and marriage and what's ahead of us and working through all the pains and the struggles, and what that does is if you're committed and you plow through it and you're tough through it and you're working together, then what it does is it strengthens you. And you're better for it. Commitment's important. But the sad thing is in our society today, 
no one really wants to be committed to anything anymore. People are reluctant to commit to long-term jobs or to marriage or to investments, to a church, or even God. We have this attitude of, I don't want to be held down or locked down to anything in life. And this type of thinking, as we're going through this series and we're talking about God being able to work in your life, this kind of thinking of not being fully committed, it hurts us. Because you cannot live a long and fulfilling life without being committed to something. Nothing great, like I said before, nothing great ever happens in life without being fully invested. Right? If we, if we don't ever commit our lives to someone or something, then what we do is we just kind of drift around through life aimlessly without any focus. In fact, I would venture to say that when you make a commitment to something, in a sense, you're choosing what's going to be important in your life. Like you're choosing how you're going to invest your life, how you're going to spend your time and your resources. In fact, I believe that every choice you make has a consequence. Every choice has a consequence. Every choice you make today, every choice you make this week, every choice you're going to make in this year, it has a consequence. In a lot of ways, what those choices do is they show what values we have in life and what we're fully committed to. So all that to say, it's important that we make wise commitments. So let's tie this into the series. Your level of commitment. Your level of commitment to Jesus Christ and how fully invested you are in him determines how much he can work in your life, right? It just makes sense. If I want to see him move, if I want to receive miracles in my life and see him guide and provide for me, the more I give my life to him, the more of my life I hand over, the more he can do. In fact, I'm going to say that the most important commitment you're ever going to make is to Jesus Christ. But before you make that commitment, before you fully invest in him, I want you to know what that commitment will cost you. Because it will cost you something. So when I talk about cost and being fully committed to him as a disciple, as a Christian believer, then what, what does that look like? And you know what? When Jesus was teaching in the New Testament, he didn't beat around the bush when it came to this. He came right out and said, this is what a committed life looks like. Over and over and over again, he didn't try to hide anything. But when he looked at his followers, when he looked at his disciples, when he was talking to the group about what it meant to be with him, he was upfront about it. And at one point, he said these words, and this is, this is very confusing to everybody standing around. He says this. He says, if you love, in Matthew 10, he says, if you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse... To take up your cross to them. The cross meant death, right? They're all wondering, what in the world is Jesus talking about picking up your cross? We know what he means by that right now. We know that he means picking up dying to yourself, right? If you're not willing to die to yourself and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. And Jesus goes on to say, in fact, the more you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life, 
and you give your life to me, every part of it, you'll find it. You'll find what he means by this. You'll find it. You'll find what real living is. Like, you'll be rewarded with not just a life here and now, but with an eternal life. So let's just be, this whole thing right here, when Jesus is teaching, it didn't make sense to everybody standing around. It's still confusing for the people that read it even today, right? So what is Jesus talking about when he says, I want you to love me more than your family? You see, Jesus wants us to be very clear when it comes to the cost He's saying, I want to be first place in your life, right? You have to love me more than anybody or anything else in the world. And if you can do that, those people that do that, then you're my follower. And you know what? That's a pretty bold statement to make because nobody, nobody would ever say that to you. Nobody would ever demand this of you. Nobody would ask this of you to be your friend or to be whatever in your life. Nobody can say this, but Jesus can, and Jesus does. And the reason he says this is because he made you, he created you, he loves you, he has a plan for you, and he died for you. Nobody else has ever done that for you. Nobody else can say that. And because of that, he has the right to ask us to give him everything. But that type of commitment, when we talk about this, especially in our world today, it scares us. And we don't like talking about it. Because we don't like to be committed to anything anymore. We, in fact, what we do in life is we, we, we like to split our lives into little sections. Kind of like it's a pie chart. I, I, can't, I, get, I brought a pie chart of some, you know, there's a career slice and a relationship slice and a dream slice and a social media slice and a TV slice. And of course, you can't leave out the Atlanta Braves slice. Am I right? Am I right? Yes. It's almost here, y'all. I think we can all agree there. But we don't give him as much of that in our life. Instead, what we do is we section it out. And we keep them separate. It's kind of like those pies. Stroge, you can take that down. Um, it's kind of like those pies that are separated by the little wax paper slice. You know what I'm talking about? Each slice is different. You get different flavors in that. You get multiple flavors, and every taste is different. See, my point is this. Jesus doesn't want to just be an individual slice of your life that's separate from everything else. He wants to be in every part of your life. He wants to be that main ingredient that permeates each and every slice. So if your life is a key lime pie, right, he wants to be the lime that's the main ingredient. If your life is a pecan pie, right, like he wants to be the pecans that give its identity. You get me? You following or pecan pie, whatever you say. And now that I got everybody hungry, let's move on. What I'm trying to say, Jesus wants to be the main ingredient in your life. He wants to be number one. To impact every part of who we are. What we do, what we say, where we go, how we live. It is the most important commitment that we'll ever make in life. And it should be. If we're fully committed to Christ, it should impact everything we do in life. In fact, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, if Christianity isn't true, then it's not important. 
right? In other words, if all this is a myth, like everything I just said about God loving you, God having a plan for you, God creating you, God dying for you, like if all of that is just something that's made up and we don't know if that's real, then we should just go home. We got other slices in life, right? We got other things. If it's not true, then it's not important. But on the other hand, if it is true, y'all, if this is true, that God has done all of this for me, even if it was just me, then it should change everything about me. It should change everything I do and what I say and how I live and the type of person I have. This is more than anything else in life. It's more than my job and my family and my career and my goals. C.S. Lewis goes on to say in that same quote, he says, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. In other words, if you say you have faith in Christ, it's, it's, it's all or nothing. Either Jesus is Lord or he's not. You see, Jesus wants that type of commitment, and I'm going to push you. I want to press you this morning with it. Because that kind of dedication, that kind of commitment to Christ, that's a life that God can work with. You want God to move and guide and direct you in this year because last year wasn't all that great and I'm so worried about what I'm taking from last year into this year? Be committed. Show them. Go to them. Have faith in him. Lord overall and see what he can do with a life like that. Now let me also just, I want to push you, but I also don't want to scare you. Okay, my, 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 my point this morning is not to cause anybody to question their faith in Christ. That's not what I want to do this morning. Uh, uh, please understand that your life is a journey with Jesus, right? So my hope this morning is that we evaluate. We evaluate where we are in that journey and our commitment to Christ and see if we're on the right track, like to see if we are moving forward and growing closer. So with that in mind, let me ask you this question. Are you moving forward in your commitment to Christ? Like this year, can you honestly say things are different this year than they were last year? If not, why not? And what can you do? Because the closer you get to Christ, he's with us always. But the closer you get to him, the more you draw into him, the more he can move. That's a life that he wants to work in. So let's get practical for a minute. I I just asked you if you're moving forward in your life with Christ. So what are some practical things that would help us move forward in 2023 in this year and open our lives up more to God? Let me give you a couple of these points, okay? And if you've got your message notes, you can fill these in. If you're online, the message notes are on our app. You can follow along with us as well. Number one is this. Practical ways to deepen your commitment. Give him the first thought of the day. Okay, first thought of the day. Psalm 5.3, it says this. The psalmist says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. And then he goes on in that same verse to say, each morning I bring my request to you and I wait patiently and expectantly. I love that the psalmist says this. He's like, I give you my first thought, my first voice in the morning, and then I wait expecting you to answer me. So here's where I'm going with this. Before you roll out of bed in the morning, let God be the first thought in your mind 
that morning. Instead of waking up, the older I get, sometimes it's easier just to wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. And instead of doing that, say, good morning, Lord. Change the way you look at things. Change the way you're thinking about things and let God get that first thought in the morning. Good morning, Lord. You know, I started thinking about this because um, what I used to do in the morning, first thing I do is probably the first thing you do in the morning is that you grab your phone, take it off the charger, and you grab it and you start looking at it. And y'all, I used to do this all the time, and the first thing I would do is I would stop, I would start looking at social media, and I'd look at Facebook, and then I would scroll through and, and read everybody's opinions on everything under the sun, and then one day I just decided to stop. In fact, one of the things that I've done is I've just given up social media. I'm not, I'm not on, I, I mean, I still have a page, like I'll still post from here and there if there's a picture that the family needs to see or something like that, but I'm off because, honestly, it was getting too big of a slice in my life, and it was too big of a distraction, and it affected me. I'll talk more about distractions in a moment. But instead of that, I, I had this thought. I said, well, what if before I do anything else, what if before I even grab my phone to start scrolling through the news or something, what if I focus on God? Like, what if you focused on God first thing in the morning? I'm not saying that you got to immediately get up and go grab your Bible and get to your knees and start praying, although that's a good thing. What I'm saying is, what if he is the first thought you have in the morning? You give him that first thought of the day. How might that change things? I believe it can make a difference. Let me give you a little secret on how to start your morning with God and let him be the first thought. Let him also be the last thought of the evening. Let him be the last thought the night before. Because have you ever done this? Like you go to sleep thinking about something just to wake up still thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? That anxiety that we carry at night that keeps us up at night. And then we wake up and it's the first thing on our mind. Again, it's like a bad song that we just can't get out of our heads, right? What if, before you go to sleep at night, you take a minute and you give him that last thought. So that he'll be your first thought in the morning. Shannon and I started doing this uh, early on in our marriage. And we pray every night. The last thing we do before we go to sleep, we pray. And then that sets us up to have that first thought with God in the morning. So that could be a way to show your commitment. Give him the first thought of the day. Let's go on to number two. Number two is I can give God the first day of every week. First thought of the day, first day of every week. It says this in Acts 20. It says, on Sunday we gathered... This is what they were talking about in the early church with meeting with Paul. And they said, on Sundays we gathered together for worship. Now, why do Christians gather for worship on Sundays? Well, it's for two reasons. Number one, it's because Jesus Christ rose from the dead on Sunday. And each Sunday, we'll celebrate Easter Sunday coming up, right? But each Sunday is a little celebration of a resurrected Savior, right? So we celebrate that on the day that he rose. The second thing is because it's the first day of the week. And there's something about starting off that week on the right foot, right? That's why we call it the Lord's Day. Y'all, I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and they tell me how much they love being on church. Even when they're just struggling with it, they're like, I don't know if I should go to church this morning. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like being online for worship this morning or something, you know, just because of everything. But man, they're always glad when they do. Right? They're always glad. When they're together with their church family, get a chance to sing and worship. 
and to hear a message. You know, by the end of a long week and by the end of Saturday, after everything we've done and everything we've got to do, right, it's great to know that we get to start off the week focused on Christ. It's like people come up and they're like, I need a good word for this week. You don't know what's ahead. God knows what's ahead, and I'm expecting it, but I need to get my focus straight before this week happens, and this is the best way to do it. It's a great way to do it. So it's important that we give God the first day of our week by being in worship. Third thing we can do, I can give him the first consideration in every decision I make. And I love this. Y'all know this verse from Proverbs. Seek his will in all you do. This is the same verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't depend on your own understanding. You know what this verse teaches me? This verse teaches me that if I want to see blessings. If I want to see miracles in my life. Then I got to put God first. And that means that, means that if I have a commitment to make. I got a decision to make. If I let him in on that decision process. If I give him the first consideration. He's going to guide my path. And that's a miracle. That's a great way to see God at work. So when I have a decision to make, I go to him first. Like, I don't, I don't make the decision and then back up and say, hey, God, would you, come, like, would you come help this? You know, help me with this? Like, I don't make the decision first, then go to him and ask him to bless it. No, no, no. I ask him for his blessing before the decision. I ask him, what do you want for my life? Where am I going to receive your blessing? So if you want your finances to be successful, consider giving God first consideration, right? If you want your business to be successful, give God your first consideration. If you want your family to be successful, give God your first consideration in all those decisions. And sometimes, y'all, we make this harder than it needs to be. Some people, when they hear me say stuff like this, they think that I'm saying that you got to go drop on your knees and you got to pray for eight hours when you have something in front of you. In some of those cases, you may need to do that. But this could also just be as simple as I have a decision to make today and this choice is going to affect how this week happens, this month happens, this year happens, or whatever in my life next. Just stop for a minute and just pray. and Just say, God, would you give me wisdom? Would you give me guidance? Help me with this decision. That kind of commitment shows that he's first in your life. And then the last thing I want to say, number four, is that I can give God the first part of my finances. Okay, it's my little spill on money. Are you ready? It's going to be okay. Tap, tap your neighbor and say, it's going, to be, it's, going to be, it's going to be okay. Okay, it's going to be all right. Here we go, here we go. Just a little bit here. But this is important because it shows our commitment. One of the ways we show that God is first is through our generosity. And one of the best ways to show that is at the first of the month. Not at the end of the month, when I see what I have left over, but at the beginning. And this shows commitment. In fact, Deuteronomy says that this, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. The purpose of it, everybody's wondering, why is it 10%? And what do you mean by it? It's a way of showing that God is first, that we're putting him. So y'all, these are all practical ways to show your commitment to Christ. Put them first, first thoughts of the day, first day of the week, right? First consideration when you got choices to make this week, first in your finances. But let me give you this warning. When you start trying to make God first, Satan is going to attack, okay? 
He's out there and he's going to try to trip you up. And there's two main pitfalls that he is going to do. And number one is this, okay? And I put these, I put these in here and I just feel like I got to warn you. Number one are distractions. Number one is distractions. There we go, right there. There it is, right there. Distractions in our life. Mark 4, 19. Jesus says this. Um, here we go. It says, the attractions of this world and the delights of wealth and the search for success and the lure of nice things come in. And what do they do? They crowd out God's message. All these things, the attractions of the world, the wealth, the success, all the nice things. And I'm not saying that those things in life are wrong, right? What's wrong is when we allow these things to be number one. What's wrong is that when we put our commitment in those areas and not to Christ. That's how we get distracted. God gets bumped out of first in our life and it just crowds out God's message for us. And what he wants to do. So beware of the distractions. Number two is that we become complacent too. It's easy to get complacent. You know, with our commitments to Christ, with our day-to-day grind that we have, with everything going on in life. Or, or here's a great way that we get complacent, is that we see God work and then we don't feel like we really got to pray to him again. Like we just expect him to come along so we don't, we don't do much by way of going to him. And we just expect him to follow. There's this great story. In the Old Testament about Jericho. Y'all remember the walls of Jericho and how Joshua and the troops, they marched around the walls for seven days. And then they shouted and they prayed and the walls came down and they went in. There's this huge battle and it's an amazing victory. This huge miracle that God performed. And so it's just amazing. And then after that battle, you know what they did? They got complacent. They weren't as fully committed as they once were. And so the next battle that they had to face was this town called AI. It's a small little town. And they literally were like, we don't need many people. We don't even need to worry God with this. We'll just send in a fraction of our troops, right? And we'll just, we'll just take over this little thing and we're not even gonna bother God with it. And you know what happened? It was a terrible defeat. All because they got complacent. You see, I think it's good to be reminded that Satan wants us to become complacent in life. Because when we slack off and we're not committed, then chances are we're going to lose some of those daily battles we face. So let me close with this verse in 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says this. It says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. Here's, here's where I want to land today. This is what I give you. You want to see God work, God move, God guide and provide in 2023. He's looking. He's looking for lives to work in and move in this year. He's looking to do more work in your life. And what he's looking for in you and all of us He's looking for those that are committed. Those that have faith. Those that are willing to do whatever it takes. Right? To grow closer to him. Show God he's first in your life this year. Move in that direction. And let's see what he can do.
Let's pray together. God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for being with us. And we thank you for your commitment to us. Even though we're not always fully committed to you, even though we don't always share the faith that we need, even though we don't always do what we need to do, God, you are always fully committed to us and your presence never leaves us nor forsakes us, Scripture says. But God, help us. Help us to open more of our lives to you. God, help us to pour out more of ourselves so that you can pour more of yourself in us. God, help us just not to give you these little sections of our life, but God, help us to just give you everything of who we are, every decision we have to make, every place we have to go, every person we have to meet. God, may we just put you first in all those situations. Because God, a life that's fully committed, we understand that that's a life that you can work with, and we want nothing more than for you to work in us in this new year. We got a lot ahead of us. We got a lot of things that people are going through right now. They need you to move. They need you to work. So, God, just would you be with them and would you work in their life? And, God, at the same time, will we give you the faith and the commitment that you're looking for so that we can open our lives more to you? God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.